Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to uh, Inside the Firm. Lance and I are both luxury division of Pella. Twins. Twins today, which is awesome. I'm very excited about that. Luxury twins. Luxury twins. I love wearing this outfit. Uh, Lance will talk about them in a little bit. But before we go into that, if you know somehow deep in your heart, deep down in your soul that there's a better way to run Revit, check out RevitRocketship.com. Yeehaw. Take a look at what we're doing. See if it's a right fit for you. Go through the course. Start the course. If you don't like it, money back guaranteed. Yeah. Um, you get our template. You get our way of thinking. You get our system. All of that, RevitRocketShip.com. Go check it out. If you are in school and if you are not one of our students and you would know that you're one of our students because you know who we are, literally, there's a student discount. Go check it out. It is, It is whatever you pay for your Revit course, this is probably, honestly, just practicality-wise, not the amount of instructions, not how long it's going to take you. Uh-huh. Practicality-wise, probably worth 10 times more than that. And your course probably costs 10 times more at school than our course costs. If you're already spending the thousands of thousands of dollars, I think the student discount is like $89 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not much whatsoever. Yeah. Holy cow, do yourself a favor and get real practical training on how people do it in a firm and how buildings get put together. Check out RevitRocketShip.com. Get it on. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by ArcCat. With project conditions changing and limited time to get things done, it's good to have information at your fingertips. ArcCat.com provides architects, engineers, spec writers, and contractors with the most comprehensive libraries of building product content and design so you can access it quickly and efficiently. Even better, ArcCat.com is free and, my favorite part, requires no registration. That's right, no data mining. So visit today and access the information you need now. Last but certainly not least, this po- this episode was also brought to you by Pella Luxury. You have been never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters. The pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. They don't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. Very important. PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Just check out the link. It's uh, a quick and easy way for them to track the traffic that we're trying to bring to their site to help reinforce them sponsoring this podcast. So if you support them just by clicking the link, you support us and we try to support you by being here every week. Back to you, Mr. Gore. Well, know what? I'm going to pass the buck back to you. Yeehaw. So uh, I have a red flag here that I just wanted to address real quick. And that is, um, so obviously the name of the podcast is inside the firm and we bring you into our inner workings as much as we can without actually like naming names or anything like that, obviously, right? 
And uh, I had, I've had a couple of interactions like this um, over the course of our careers so far at this firm going on uh, 12 years now. And that is when, when you have clients who um, end up passing the buck, I think it's a red flag that you should be aware of. And like, how, how do you tackle that? How do you like, what should be your reaction to that? And I'll just give you my reaction to it. And, and honestly, um, a lot of the lessons that like I explain on this podcast or just elaborate on that Alex and I have learned, um, they're like, we had to learn the hard way. And so we're hoping that you don't have to learn the hard way be, because you'll just hear it through us and maybe, maybe, maybe it'll click. Like maybe there'll be some providence involved here and you'll be like, this will happen to you next week. I don't want it to happen to you, but maybe it will. Let's say you're working with somebody for several months uh, and you're doing a house for them or whatever, some kind of project. And you are exclusively working with either the husband or the wife. For some reason, the one of the spouses is just not in the picture. You're obviously aware of them. They're married, etc., right? And you come down to maybe an additional services bill. Um, if the primary person that you've been working with isn't calling you about that, but instead it's, let's for instance, the wife calls you out of the blue and is questioning the bill. I don't even think it's, I think what you do is you capitulate the whole conversation. Basically you surrender it and say, Hey, I'm not sure this is the, I'm not sure this is appropriate for us to be having this conversation. And I mean it with all due respect, but we have, this is the first time I've even spoken to you about the project. And so the nuances within the bill or, or whatever it is, there's, there's so much back backstory to this that I'm not sure this is the way this should be handled. I would really appreciate if I could have a phone call or an email session with whoever the primary contact is. Um, this bugged me so much that I actually asked. So it pretty much that pretty much happened to me, and what um, and it went really sour. And that was my mistake. My mistake was actually to engage with that person and like try to explain the bill. And after a while, I just said, "We're just going to eat it. Like that's it." So like I, I I asked Al, I asked my wife, I asked several people in the firm. I'm like, hey, if you if you were doing some project at your house, and let's say your your spouse wanted to do it, this could be a male or female, it doesn't matter. And they said, um, but you're like, I don't I don't really care. Like, just don't spend this amount of money. Like, here's your budget. Sure, you know, that's what I'm comfortable with. But you're in charge. You hire that person. Whoever hires the person is responsible for the person for forever. Like that's the way it works. Okay. Actually, l let me uh, play devil's advocate and yeah. get a little bit deeper in this. What, what if, and I don't know if it was a scenario. Did you with, let's, we're using the scenario. Uh, if it was the wife, did you explain, did you actually get into this is why it's more? Yes. And it was a bad idea. Okay. That's my opinion. Let's go to the other fake scenario. Um, Let's say, let's say me and you are a couple, right? You're doing this project, right? Yeah. But let's say I make all the money, right? And I say, you can spend $5,000 on this, right? And then all of a sudden it's $7,000. And let's say we're not the best couple because of whatever reason. <laughs> Some people can't communicate. No, no, like if no, you I, watch was I was just going to say, maybe we have poor communication skills in our yep. relationship. That's actually fair. Like people are married all the time with poor communication skills. Yep. Sure. And, and I make all the money or the wife makes all the money. Um, and it's now going to be 7,000 instead of 5,000 and you have poor communication or I have poor listening skills. However, it doesn't matter. Where's this coming from? You can't explain it. And then you say, well, you can ask the architect 
You can ask this person. Like, is I could, get that. I get that. Yeah. And then I think that's where that's exactly probably the scenario that happened. I mean, I don't know if one person makes more money than the other. I I think that it's plausible that in, in some way that was basically how it worked out. Whether somebody made more money than the other doesn't matter. What you just said probably happened. Yep. Well, you can ask the architect. Wrong. Like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. But really, it should be the original person's responsibility. Like, they have to own up to this extra cost. Right. But then in, in that scenario, you, you did start to explain, yes. like, this is this. Yeah. And then it, <laughs> so it could be that, uh, you know, like we are doing the internal scenario where someone's bad at communication. Well, it could be the person that called you. Yeah. It could right. Be. It could be. Exactly. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you, again, you go right back to the person that hired you. This might sound like common sense. And then maybe this is like, I always wonder like, are, what are the listeners thinking? Are they thinking, holy cow, Lance, like, do you have, you have the most weird situations happen to you? Because I went one step further than this and I thought like, would this even ever happen again? It was such a one-off. I don't know. Maybe ha- it will. Wait, has it happened before? I've never had this happen before. Okay. So it's one, one in a 10, 12 year yeah. scenario. Yeah. 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 But again, maybe, maybe it happens to you listener once in 10 years, but then you don't make the mistake I did and maybe things go better. What you want to do is you want to avoid like bad reviews, bad ref- references, obviously losing money. So maybe maybe if you go a different route than I did, you can avoid all three of those things. What's the different route? Then it was worthwhile. You go straight to the person who hired you and you say, you, for you say, I'm sorry, I'm, with all due respect, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. I need to have the conversation with um, Larry. I'm just going to call him Larry. Sure. It's not his real name. I'm, Larry, I need to have a conversation with Larry about this. So... Um, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll write him an email and say, Hey, I got a call from, you know, your wife there. And, um, I, I, to be frank, I cut the conversation short because I feel like this is a discussion you and I need to have together. Well, and then I'll just, yes. Uh, and alternative, Hey, if we're going to have this discussion, we need to have Larry involved and it needs to be all three of us. There you go. You could do that too. That'd be okay. Yeah. Because Larry has seen the whole process throughout the whole thing and, and, and stuff like that. Like that's where... This needs to be. So yeah, that exactly. Like I should have, I should have, I should have been a little more thoughtful about that. Beca- but beca- instead, I was more reactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of more sense too, because maybe Larry is telling Jane, yeah, some stuff, but forgetting X stuff. And then if you have it all together, you can remind Larry, like, remember about this, yes. this, this, and he's like, oh yeah, 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 honey, I didn't tell you about that. And then oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which would have been fine. I'm, yeah. But it, but you can't just segue it over to one person. You can't pass the buck. Boom. That was the whole thing. Pass the you buck. can't pass the buck. And if they do, ring back in the people the who made it. Bring, bring, bring the buck back in. Bring it back in. All right. Yep. Okay. I have something for you just because we've been talking about it. I swear we've looked at this graph. Before. More charts. Yeah. Have you, Right. This is a price chart, so if you want to see it on you YouTube... you sure the microphone's going, too? Oh, yeah. All right. He's good. Yep. It's going. Um, this is price charts of U.S. consumer goods and services and wages yeah. from 1997 to 2007. Wow. D- uh, sorry, 1997 yeah, to haven't 2017. Looked, haven't we already looked at this one? Yeah. I, but, I saw this going all over Twitter, too, over the week. But, hey, just think if they did it to 2022. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, I think... But the TV says inflation's only 10%. 
It's uh, not. It's no, more. It's way more. So um, this is a graph, and it basically has the inflation from those dates starting at zero, because that's the date it started at, to what it is. The highest one at over 200%. This is on marketwatch.com. Pretty legitimate source. Yeah, it's, pretty... it's called, uh, for the terrestrial listeners, I'll just describe it a little further. The chart says, price changes January from January 1997 to December 2017. So that's 20 years, over over two decades. Yep. Yep. Selected uh, U.S. consumer goods and services and wages. Yep. Yeah. Some of these have went up 50% from where they were. So it's like, that would be 300%. Yeah, 300%. Yeah. So number one top is hospital services. Number two is college textbooks. These are at the 200% level. Probably at the 175% level is college tuition. Then at about the 125 level is childcare and yeah. medical services. Uh, wages, that's pretty decent. Um, that's probably what, at about 75% increase. Um, and then overall inflation is at, from that date, 55.6%, which is probably at 75% now. And right in the mix matching that is housing and food and beverages. So food and beverages is matching is actually a little bit below wages. Um, housing has probably shot up past that. Yep. Are you hearing a ringing? I hear a little bit of a ringing, but it's not bugging me like it's bugging you apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then basically after food and beverages, it hits the zero mark with new cars, household furniture, clothing, cell phones, uh, software, and TV. And so the X, the X axis is a timeline from 97 to 2017. And then the Y axis is how much more or less affordable it's been along that timeline. Just for the terrestrial listeners again. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, basically like if you group the stuff that is above inflation to below inflation, what they say later on is that, uh, Essentially, if I can find it. There's the tweet. Okay. So blue lines, which are the ones at zero that didn't really increase, are prices subject to the free market forces. Red lines are prices subject to regulated capture by government. So honestly, all medical expenses, um, all college expenses, housing is captured. The only one that is subject to like, hey, this probably doesn't fit that is is food, uh, food and beverages, um, which doesn't it though? I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Doesn't because fit it's it? not necessarily subject to capture as much as those other ones. Okay, sure. Maybe the FDA is less stringent on them than whatever is controlling hospital services. Well, hospitals are huge too because they have their in-work network versus out-of-network. Yeah. Colleges have monopoly. The only thing I would say about the food and beverages is why it didn't come down like, like the other ones. I think it is more consumer, and I do think that there's more competition. It's just if you add in, if this in here is your restaurant working, that goes up with wages because you can't have an economy yeah. of scales. You can't have one waiter and then in 2050, oh, that one waiter is going to serve 400 people. No, no, no. Clothing works like that when you use robots and manufacturing, but like all those other, what? Yeah. Uh, correlation doesn't equal causation. So, so you're trying to, so the whole point of this chart is that it's, it's trying to correlate the cause of all the inflation or the deflation. Right. To regulation. Right. Okay. Right. I'm playing devil's advocate. Come on. What would, would you say to that? 
Oh, oh, to to the the general consensus of of that. Yeah, I would say I'd say you're saying a common phrase and and blinding yourself. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> like so. Like, like that's that's exactly <laughs> like. What I don't like about that phrase is exactly that. Is like I think people are like, "That's it, nail in the coffin, gotcha." And it's like, in some cases, yes. Yep. In some cases, yes. And that phrase, people twist it to fit their narrative. At some point, though, like, can we continue to ignore the the elephant in the room? I don't think so. And like, even if it isn't a direct cause, even yep. if the correlation isn't a direct cause, like. Isn't there some kind of an, like some effect? Like, can we at least talk about some effect? Like, like I will concede a little bit, if you will. You know, I'm t- not you, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. That person. Yep. And then here, here's actually we can do a little bit of a test because there is a competing theory that might work. Okay. The competing theory is that the ones that do not inflate are the ones where you can through machinery, through mass production, technology, through technology, lower the cost per unit because you don't have to have as many people doing it. Yeah. The other ones housing we aren't getting more efficient building like that's everyone has talked about it like these whole pre-manufacturing houses have not taken over they've actually lost ground oh god there was a t- chart keep going I'm gonna, H- I'm hospital services they have not lowered the doctor to nurse ratio to client ratio um same with college so you could say hey this isn't regulated capture this is all how many people per unit it's yeah. a function of that well why is college textbooks went up the same as all the other ones when textbooks are made by mass manufacturing printing it's because they are part of the captured system get what i'm saying yeah so like that's the clue that while it's not a while it's a while what i said about the the wages in the person per unit is a valid concern and is probably part of this too it doesn't mean that there isn't another part of this that you need to take into consideration. Yeah. Will you, um, actually, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save this. so You don't have to go into your Facebook. So, uh, there was this awesome, Oh, come on. Give me, just give me the, give me the image. Shoot. There's this, there's this really awesome image. Gosh, I wish I could find it. It's only on stupid Facebook though. So houses, houses built in the U S by decade. Let me re Google that one more time. Houses built in the, what is it called? Houses built in the U.S. U.S. by decade. Yeah, perfect. Oh, and uh, this I, I I don't know where I saw this. Somehow it was floating around social media. Gosh, it's still on stupid. Here we go. That's good enough. This is good enough. Uh, I'm gonna open this up so you don't have to open up your Facebook. Here, do this one. Perfect. Yeah. Are just, you sending this to no, me? No, no. Just go to go back to the show notes. And see oh. what I see what I just pasted in there. It's it's there you go. There's the link. Yep, Austin, Texas home sales. This is uh, an article from last year, and basically it's got yeah exactly. So the the do you see that? Look at that. There it is. Homes built in the United States by decade blew my mind. So they keep increasing. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. So I reacted to. And I'll give you a, a hint. In 1930, the 1930s. 5.4 million. Yep. And it goes up to the 1970s, 25 million. The 1980s, 25 million. The 1990s, 26 million. So the 2000s to 2009s, 27 million. 2010 to 2019, 5.8. So, exactly. <laughs> so, like, let me do the math here real quick. So, 27, just rough math, divided by, let's call it six. Let's give them a little bit of grace. 
it decreased by 4.5 times, right? Yeah. So like a 450% decrease in new homes built. Um, and then, so like, again, if we're doing the correlation versus causation, maybe there's this, okay, can we talk about the regulation? Like, like every year is more regulation. It is what it is. It's part of the deal. But um, then also too, Lance will say, I mean, not Lance, other people will say, and this is a valid point that we need to, to address. Well, they overbuilt. That's why the housing yeah, crash yeah. of 2008. They I overbuilt. can see somebody saying that. Sure. They, yep. Okay. <clears throat> Who allowed the money to go out to be loaned to people? <laughs> Who cannot cannot afford it. Keep talking about it. So if it wasn't subsidized and eaten up by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, there wouldn't have been a market for overbuilding because you wouldn't have loaned out to those people if you you didn't have a free pass to take those mortgages. It always comes down to the money. And pass it down. Every time. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the biggest, yeah, so like, uh, I didn't even think we'd get to this chart today, but we, so we've talked i've talked about it before it's like okay they're ta- they keep everybody keeps talking about this housing bubble where like why like why do you think there's this housing bubble like just because the price the price is inflating the way and it is inflating insanely i'm talking about three percent per month that was the last calculation my wife did every month she does a new calculation she's like oh uh so like january february march yeah yeah so she said it's looking like it's 3% because January is 3%, February is 3%. That is a lot because then you keep adding that up over the whole over the whole year. And let's say it keeps up at 3%, like that's 36%. Yep. Like where, what other kind of investment, if you're a real estate investor, what other kind of investment could you even do right now? You, it, would even, it even almost blows Bitcoin out of the water. Yeah. I mean, it's on par with it. Oh, for sure. For so, sure. So, so if the supply, so it's, Let's just boil it down again. If the supply is not increasing like it needs to, then then it's not a supply bubble you guys are talking about. It is a price bubble. But then I then I go then my next question to back to that person who says fine it's fine it's a yeah yeah I'm talking about a price bubble. Okay, uh, if you're talking about a price bubble, I would argue that no no it, that that price and that increase is just a reflection of the hyperinflation. It's just a reflection of. The market actually responding to people people taking their money and putting it in real estate as a hedge, and it's driving up the price because yeah. every day the dollar's more worthless. There's just no way around it. Okay, do you want me to now go? You have one step further than that. Yes, awesome. I know exactly where the bubble's coming from. Okay, I know where the bubble's coming from. So take your macroeconomic view because it will relate to this. Okay, if what's happening in the world right now, meaning that a second currency, probably the yuan will start to rival the United States over the next four years. Yep. Oil will be trading in it. The French might trade in it. They're already talking about it. Yep. You don't believe me, just I'm serious. Yep. Go look it up. What does that mean? That means that for the first time in 60 to 80 years, there's competition for global money reserve currency yeah. to the U.S. dollars, which means now that there's competition, you might actually have to do something that makes sense. <laughs> right? You might have to because now you get to choose. That's the best part about competition, right? Right? Now now it forces it forces the Yep. The, it literally forces the truth to come out. Yep. So now instead of the US just blatantly printing money, yeah. blatantly inflating stuff, trying to hedge against it and then making rules against it. I'm not saying that they're going to make smart policy decisions, but let's say there is true comp- yeah. competition. Here are your options. The U.S. can keep doing the same thing and keep devaluing its currency, which is probably what will happen, right? But if we're talking about where the bubble 
exists in prices, if they actually make sound financial decisions and shore up our currency so we have a uh, so that people want to come to our currencies, all of a sudden you limit the supply. And if you limit the supply, then people can't afford those houses. So that if people can't afford them, the housing prices come down. That's where it will come from. Yeah. But that's baking on them making wise policy decisions. Oh, you had to take, I, if, so I, I don't know exactly. I'm up here, Lance. No, no, I come know, to my I, level. I know, I know, I know. I, he, so Al had to make maybe two leaps, three leaps there. Like that was like, so like, sure. that's the, that's why it's so. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Maybe. Hey, okay, I've boomer. said it before. I could be completely wrong. They could install this new currency, the CBDC. You should look it up. There's a white paper on it from the Fed in 2015. Um, basically, it'll be the digital dollar. Like, we already kind of already there. But it firmly secures. Like, what, what would happen is they would make all paper tender illegal. Just illegal. So, it basically resets the currency. They peg it to something. And... Uh, if it, the, the Federal Reserve actually released a white paper on it in 2015, so it's already in play. I don't know what that means, other than I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it will be the policies of that currency will match the policies of the current currency. There so you there you go. Um, I just want to jump to a total different subject since I'm recording my screen. Good, and you can see it right now. Um, it is Minneapolis versus St. Paul. This is a great comparison. If you don't know, their city is right next to each other. Can you make it bigger? If you're if you're gonna, boop, 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 boop. there you go. Good enough. That works for me. Yep. Um. So Minneapolis, I believe, yep, did rent control, and St. Paul did not. So this is a graph of how many uh, multifamily building permits were made in Minneapolis for St. Paul. Holy cow! From 2020 to 20. 22. Uh, oh, St. Paul passed it. Sorry. St. Paul made the rent control because St. Paul is in red. Um, it went from 1,200 to 200. It went 1,000 units. A thousand units. Out of 1,250. So it's a 500% decrease if you want to think about it that way. Yep. Too. yep. Minneapolis went from 750 oh, to 1,200. And um, Someone probably said this is supply and demand. Like it's not because of rent control. It's supply and demand. Like exactly. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what we're saying. Um, and then uh, here's an article. Rent control is one of the one of the few things that uh, every economist, don't believe me, you could, Google, you could Google the phrase. Nearly every economist agrees rent control is a bad idea. And you would find that like the left wing ones, the right wing, the up ones, the down ones, the backwards, the frontwards, like every side of the coin, almost every one. That is one of the very few things they agree on. Yep. Like they all like it's easy to see the divide between left and right economists on monetary policy. Sure. But I'm telling you. Yeah. And they just they just continue to think it's a good idea. It's so crazy. Yeah. So this is an article from the uh, Minnesota Post, Minneapolis Post, maybe. I don't know. Um in the first four months since the passage of St. Paul's rent control ordinance, housing construction is way down. Needle. Uh, so I just, what I do is I yeehaw every time there's bad news. Where did you get that? Uh, my brother Luke. Ah, that's Good. where I'm getting it from. Okay, my turn? Your turn. Oh, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. Uh, so I'm actually going to need the microphone now because I'm going to pull up a, a meme. So everybody who's who's listening, man, you should be watching on the YouTube and checking that out. Um, I'm gonna pull up this meme. Oh, did you take me off or am I controlling? I am controlling that. Good deal. Look at you. 
Good, good deal. Good deal. Let me just make sure my mic is working here. It's going to find it. Keep going. Uh, lavalier. Nice. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Good deal. So, uh, there has been a very, very popular meme floating around. At least it's been it's been all over my feed, and I'm talking friends. I even had a, a somebody uh, message it to me, direct message it to me, and then it's been all over kind of meme pages and stuff like that. I it, like pages I wouldn't even expect to have an opinion about this. So it's an architecture opinion, and I even posted this in the Entree Architect community to see what everybody's reaction was. The, uh, I liked it. It was good, thoughtful discussion, much better than like the internet, the general internet had. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Like a bunch of architects actually were thoughtful. That's not a surprise, right? I'm being complimentary here. So here's the meme. So the meme is, I'll describe it for the uh, people watching terrestrially, and it is designed, the, there's two panes. The top pane is a super modern building. Um, somebody in the entry architect community, apparently this is a very famous like PhD architect. I can't remember his name. Something with an E. I thought Euro Saarinen. Yeah, not quite him because this is all you know what I'm saying though. Sure. It's so the top image is this crazy postmodern, uh, not crazy. It's this very postmodern looking building. Imagine all kinds of boxes and slits and nothing really makes sense to let's say um, the layperson. And then it has a little caption over it. It says designed by a PhD, 1975. And then the bottom is pain is a uh, old stone house somewhere i gotta guess probably somewhere in like europe because we don't have stuff that old here. ireland it was just st patty's day it's ireland there we go we'll give it we'll we'll say it's ireland and it says that caption says built by illiterates 15 1500 <laughs> so you know if i had to take a stab and a guess of like well what are people posting this meme for right they're posting it because, like, they're trying to say that um, just because you have more education doesn't mean something is the product you're making is better than the other. Mm. Um, but my question is to everybody is, uh, well, why do you think the older building is better than the newer building? That's where you're going with this, hundred percent. And so, you know what the answer that I got was what? from most people was, old building better because old. Really? And which I said, okay, fine, fine. Let's say old building is better because old. Then if I'm going to take that to its logical end, the logical end is the caves that were built 2 million years ago by Africans, and you can look it up. Look up caves built by Africans 2 million years ago. It's the oldest. Whoa, that's a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah. That's their theory is when it was built like sure. that long ago. But Or any cave. Like now you could apply it to any cave. Let's say sure. that isn't one. Fine. Find find one that's even older than... Find one that's one even... 1 million younger, years ago in Europe. 100 million years ago. I don't care. Well, that's a dinosaur thing. Anyway. Whatever. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying <laughs> if that's... If that's... If you... If your argument is because it's old, it's better, then your argument is the oldest cave on earth is better than some of the best, like Frank Lloyd Wright's work. I need you to have a better argument than old building old, thus better. Like, okay, fine. Now, like example, I'm going to do one for you, Al. Like, yeah. Okay. If old, uh, like, that's your argument. Here's, here's my argument. Which one is going to have better natural light? Which one, here's another one. Which one is going to be better insulated? If, and then I'll go. I'll even do. I'll even play the play the play the. Uh, I'll even play devil's advocate and go like, fine, old building, old building better, old building better. Um, and if your metric is old building better because old building, 
500 years old. Um, okay. And, and it was built with better materials. All right. Let's just talk about the roof. This roof looks like it's sagging to me in the old building. This roof looks like it has cedar shingles to me. They look like weathered cedar. They could be something else. But to me, let's just assume it is. And let's assume the other roof, the flat roof, uh, let's say it's concrete. And then let's say there's a membrane of EPDM over it. Sure. Okay. I would put money on the new building, that roof, to last longer than the old building roof. And if, and if that's, this is the idea is like, there's no maintenance done on either. We're we're setting the timer. Boom. Right now, March 18th, 10th, 11th, uh, 09 mountain standard time (laughs) clock starts now. No maintenance on either roof. I will put money on the old, uh, the new roof outlasting the old roof. And then when the old roof falls in, what are you left with? Four walls, no roof. If you don't have a roof on this house, you don't have a house. Yeah. So I it, want you, I want to tell me, what, am I crazy? Of, well, obviously, <laughs> look at your hair. Uh, <laughs> it all comes down to perspectives. And then after you realize that, and I'll dissect that, it's what this perspective matters more. So, for example, Ooh, I, like this. I was going in, in, in your same direction of like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like the bottom one better. And then I, I literally saw that huge window up there. And it's like, well, if I was on the inside, I've been, I've been to Europe. I've stayed at Airbnbs in these old places. I've like, stayed in a castle. From the 1600s, I've, I've same, moldy, smelly. No, like, they kept it up, but uh, keep going. Anyways, it makes sense why a lot of people go for the old picture because what it says is, oh, that's a story. Like literally, like that's that's Rapunzel. That's a story that has heritage, that has history. That honestly, it honestly has proportions. Human proportions too. Human proportions. Absolutely. And you are looking at the exterior picture and 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 it looks like, literally like... It's a good reminder about why it was also built with human proportions. There's no mechanical equipment. Well, I mean, there's some, but like... Yep. People were limited, vastly more limited to what they could build with. So they literally had to build with proportion, like materials that were proportional to an actual human lifting them and putting them in place. Yep. Now, this beam behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, like... Oh, that beam didn't exist back then. Number one, we didn't have the factories. Number two, like there's no cranes. I mean, you could do a lever and pulley system, but yeah. like I couldn't call like I did to to put this beam in place that one day. Just, I couldn't call American Crane and be like, "Can you be there tomorrow at nine? Couldn't do it. Yep. So, um, well, I was thinking about like Rapunzel, but like even like Shrek. Like I'm sitting outside, I see everything that's associated to good, and makes aesthetic sense to me on the bottom one. On the top one. I look on the outside and it doesn't make that much aesthetic sense to me. Even me who knows aesthetics, you know, like that's literally my, my job. Look at his but, beard. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but that's what they're judging at it. Yeah. Is that perspective worth it? Or are you asking the question like, okay, if I had to live in one, which would I live in? Oh, actually. And by the way, when I asked, so like, so it was on a bunch of meme pages and then I had a couple friends post about it. And then all I did is I went into the comment section and asked, why do you think it's better? And all the answers I was getting was, oh, because it's old. Because it's old. Because it's old. Because it's old. Well, is that it? I mean, if that's it, okay, fine. Then I took it to its logical conclusion. When I posted it on my own page, which is a private post, you couldn't find it publicly. And private in the sense of like, it's just friends or whoever's on my Facebook or whatever. When I posted that, I said, aesthetics aside, tell me why one is better than the other. Yep. So I took aesthetics completely out of it yep. because I think like 
that's like it's aesthetics are not an argument. Um, it, aesthetics are not an argument where I think we can have some object. Like there's going to be more openings in an aesthetic argument for subjective opinions than there is an objective opinion. And the objective opinion is what I, the example I gave you about the roofs, like it's kind of or like insulation or money or whatever. Yeah, but like a real hard metric, you know. Th this comes down to it, and this is why some people are trying to find a middle ground. Um, aesthetically, I, aesthetically, yes, on the bottom one, especially if the inside is all wood, and especially if it's not in the 1500s when they made that. All the spaces are cut up into 10 by 12 spaces, like just that house in particular, because I know how wood spans work and That's things it. like that, right? Right. But up there on the other one, you can have 20 foot spaces, you can have bigger spaces, you can have better uh, windows, bigger windows, more insulation, uh -huh. stuff like that. Everyone wants the aesthetics of, I love the feel of stone and the look of it. I love the feel of wood and real material, yeah. but they want the functionality of modern systems. A stone wall is not functional as a barrier, right? Um, wood for floors are imagine, great, I but they're expensive. I can't imagine the penetration of water that would come through the stone walls, the draftiness, like, uh, get out of here. Yep. So then it's like, oh, well, why can't we make the old aesthetic meet the new functions? It's like, okay, you can. Let's remake that now. Now you're going to make some sort of wall behind it. You're going to have some sort of stone. And now you're making two walls instead of one wall. And now that price just increases. And now Doubles. you're having now you're having an expert stone layer. Place all those stones together because they're all of different sizes and they have to figure it out and you just can't do them randomly. And now you can't just hand, like literally the normal person that just makes straight bricks and stuff like that. Even though there is skill to that for sure, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to take them longer. So now your regular wall that's just there for aesthetics, literally because I agree it looks good is now going to cost twice as much because of the stone itself and the size as a regular house and twice as much to install plus twice as much because you're making a wall behind it. So it's like, yes, we can do that. Are you going to pay for that? So all the people complaining, it's like, would happily make a modern version of that with big windows, with large open spaces that actually function would happily do that. I can you pay for it? I can't remember. I can't remember what episode it was, but I guarantee it. If you go back to in one of the 251 episodes for the Friday show of this podcast, I have said I would love it if somebody came to me like it's a dream of mine to design a literal load bearing brick home. And I mean, we do like intricate patterns like uh, like the soldiers and all the stuff like I would nerd out so hard. Yeah, I would. I would love to do that. Nobody's came to do that to me. Not because I can't do it. The the money alone is just like and, and like okay. Then somebody could throw that argument back. I mean, well, yeah, but like that's the problem. Everything is driven by money. Well, I mean, okay, but back in the day, let's look mm -hmm. at some of the old stuff that was built. Like there was free labor. It was called slavery. Well, <laughs> I'm talking about like uh, when I make that reference, I'm talking about like ancient Greece. I'm talking about uh, ancient Rome, uh, the pyramids. People, but also Lance, do you remember Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Do you remember the original movie? Of course. Right? Do you remember who lived in that one bedroom, that one bedroom house? That, that where Charlie lived in? Yeah. Oh, the grandpa who cheated social security. Okay. So Charlie, because he walked, he got up off of his bed, he got disability and he was like, I'm walking now. You sir are a fraud. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie's mom, Charlie's dad, 
Charlie's dad's mom and dad. Yeah. Charlie's mom, mom and dad. Yeah, it was it was a full house. Literally a full house. So like, we honestly, I will design that house for you that you talked about that we see in that picture. Are you having four generations in that house? Or <laughs> like, no. are you? So you know what? One of the best, some of the best comments in the Entree Architect community were something like apples to oranges. I agree, right? That's this probably is, the this, best explanation. This, yeah, is this is not a fair comparison at all, you know? Uh, and again, we we can do this stuff. We can make these things happen for you. You know what I think the best hybrid is? The, so it's a hybrid. The solution to folks who are just adamant about having, having like this old, old look is you need to do like something like Norman Foster did with, um, is it the Reichstag? Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, whatever their capital is. I think it's called the Reichstag. Yeah. yeah. The capital that got bombed in during Germany. World War II. And he and what Lance is getting at is that uh, he put a modern reconstruction on it, but used the same proportions, used the same... Uh, well, proportions. That's it. Used the same proportions and, and, and all that. Yeah. So, like, if I look at the bottom picture, if everybody's looking back at the bottom picture again is, okay, Lance, let's solve your roof problem. No problem. I would love to solve this roof problem. You know what I'll do? I'm gonna tear off. I'm gonna tear off the uh, shingles. I'm gonna tear off the substrate, whatever's whatever the shingles are attached to. I'm going to beef up the existing uh, framing members. I'm gonna sister new two by twelves or laminated lumber to them. No yeah. problem. Then I'm gonna then I'm gonna resheath it with uh, plywood, and then I'm gonna put a metal roof on this thing. And now it's gonna outlast the modern roof. No problem. And then the other thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna gut the interior of this house. And uh, I'm gonna look at ways to insulate it if I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna examine are those is the stone wall thick enough as it is to create like an R value through thermal mass. You can do that. Like you can uh, you, if you sure, do, if yep. you pour thick enough concrete walls, essentially you you could in theory like avoid insulation because it's so thick, right? Just just go with me on sure. that. Sure, I'll just say. And yes then for now. I would gut the interior and get rid of all those compartments, like Al said. Yep, which means you're redoing the whole floor system. Yep. And I'm modernizing it. So what am I paying for in the end? This is hilarious because like, okay, Lance, you just boiled the whole thing down again. I'm paying for the old brick. I'm paying for the old stone. I guess I just like the old stone. Yeah. So it's one thing. So you like one thing about it, huh? Well, and the proportions. Crazy. Like, oh, the proportions. The, yeah, yeah. The proportions and all that. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. It's a, it is a tough, tough, tough problem because somehow... When you're doing something this expensive, building a house, yep, which is extremely expensive, people do not want, but this is a lie. I was going to say, people don't want manufactured limited choices, but they do have manufactured limited choices. The main people that live in home live in suburbia, which everyone, all architects have a bad rap. I love it. I love it. Same. <laughs> My garage face is front. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how do you like it? Th th we 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 literally couldn't go into all the problems. Like, how do you make that on a mass level? It's so hard. It's it's, so hard. It's hard to do. Yeah. 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 Well, one good idea is if you go to our blog. So the other reason why I was bringing this up is like I guarantee you, architects. Um, I'm gonna switch over to our blog here just so everybody sees if they're following along on YouTube. If you go to about and then F9 sustainability, I think this is where it's at, right, Al? And if you go down to the blog, where's the blog? Right there. Yeah. Sustainable blog. There's a little button. 
So it's f9productions.com forward slash sustainable dash review. If you click, um, there's a YouTube video that Al, I think you put this in there. Yes. Al well, and, I mean someone else. Did somebody else, but they, okay, cool. <laughs> Close enough. They, they embedded this awesome video and it's called uh, This House. I'll just click on it. We won't watch it just so I get the full um, title. It's called This House. This new house has no drywall, no insulation, and all wood shiplap interior it's got a million views on it uh i don't know when it was posted but it doesn't matter they this is a solution like this is a really good solution because if you look at the house that that i had up there it was all let me pull it up one more time just to uh, pause that there we go if you look at the video and just glance that like the house is modern from the outside literally in every way it's like clean the materials are clean the proportions are clean it's white, it's black, it looks like a farmhouse, like it's a classic, what everybody wants yeah. is modern farmhouse. And then you go on the inside, and it's all, it's the, you have to look at it, because the, the studs are exposed on the inside, then they sheathed it with shiplap, and then they painted it white on the inside. It looks like an old farmhouse. It's, so it's kind of the best of, best, best of both worlds, and it's cheaper. Like it's killing all these birds with one stone, and I was kind of a skeptic at first when Al pointed it, was showed it. But like then I got into a phone call. Then I got then I had a meeting yesterday, and I'm done screen recording now. Um, I had a meeting with a client yesterday, and I actually he was talking about all this stuff, just like every client does. So this is now for this is how it matters to the architects beyond just like as arguing architecture is. You're gonna have, everybody has these clients. They come to you and they say, "Well, I, I just what about shipping containers?" It seems like it could save money. Um, what about precast concrete? What about I don't know. Name something. C CLTs. CLTs. Cross cross laminated timbers. All of these things. And what what my conclusion is is that the phrase I like to use now is yeah all of those solutions basically are a new wheel. Somebody has reinvented the wheel. And every time we reinvent the wheel, at first it's very expensive. It's a new wheel, mm -hmm. right? The key is to tweak the existing wheel. So what this, what that solution does in the YouTube video, that inside outhouse, let's call it that, it just tweaks, it just tweaks the the wheel. It's still sticking with stick frame, right? It's still doing all of those things, but it's just tweaking the wheel, and it made it made the wheel even turn faster. And I love this idea. the The hardest thing in our area, so hard to in to hit energy requirements for insulation yeah. values, so hard to do. And then. I think the only way you can do it is basically by adding solar panels and then you make it the same cost or a little bit more, which might be worth it in the end. I still am waiting for like, what is the Tesla solution? Meaning like we have in internal combustion engines. Now we're going to have electric cars and I'm not saying they're going to take over all, but they'll probably take over, let's just say 50 to 75% of the market, right? What is that idea for houses? I know. Gosh, darn. what is that idea? And the 3D printing, I mean, what is the idea? And, uh, the 3D printing isn't it because again, that, that's, that's inventing a wheel. So right, maybe in the future, but not right now. It's not an instant solution. It's I'm tweaking the wheel. 3D printing house. Lake Flato just did one. It's been all over the news. Did you see this? 3D printed house. I think it's. Uh, let me look in the news Are real you quick. Are you gonna do Lake Plato? Yeah, I was there just wondering. There it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So if you, I'm sure everybody's seen it, it's like it's two weeks old or something. But Lake Plato just made one with a company called Icon, and yep, it's cool. Still, what? like, um, what I do like is 
man. Uh, okay. Um, most of the walls are 3D printed. The rest is glass. And then the, the roof is, is something com- completely different too. Um, I guess that's reducing it. I guess that's reducing it. But like this is Lake Plato. So like that isn't a solution for the masses. That is Love you, Lake Plato. That's no, that's no, you guys are just that good is what he's saying. I mean, yeah. And not expensive. So. You know what I want to do? Here's what? my idea. What? Just as long as we're talking. Uh, 3D printed walls, CLT floors and roofs, and then glass in between. Sure. But still, it's going to be more expensive. It's more expensive. It's still cool. Yeah. Anyway. And then uh, wireless uh, switches. They make those now. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. TJ had them in Florida. Yeah. Speaking of Florida. Okay. We have a friendly little read from our best friend down there in Florida. Crushing it. Here's Nick with Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Fuck people. By the red car. People will say you should have gotten blue. Start a business. People will say you should have gotten a job. Get married. People will say you picked the wrong partner. Learn a trade. People will say you should have gone to college. Everyone has an opinion about everything. You'll go crazy trying to please everyone. Don't even try. Listen, smile, agree. And then do whatever the fuck you were going to do anyway. Gary Vaynerchuk. Toodles. Who, who did he say that was? Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V. Oh, you know Gary V. Gary v yep. 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 That's what I thought he said. Okay. Yeah. And that works in competition because I was going to say that doesn't work <laughs> with stupid people, but then the stupid people don't get far enough because no one follows them. So there you go. Well, uh, this, well that, 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 that was true until the rise of social media. Now, now the stupid, all the people, smart, stupid, in between, yep. everybody gets to yell. Rah. Rah. Okay, what do we got next, Al? Uh, let's do ARE Jeopardy. All right, bring them down. Question number one. Wood furring strips for exterior metal veneer panels must be dot, dot, dot. Is it A, two inches thick? B, pressure-treated wood? C, two inches tall? Or D, fastened every 12 inches to the framing wall? I know. You probably know. I, anybody who worked on Mark II should know. All right. Here we go. A, D, D. D. The answer is pressure treated wood. Pressure treated wood. Yeehaw. Yep. The uh, 12 inches, like framing walls are 16 inches that or 24 was an inches on center. Yeah. License revoked. Two License inches, revoked. Two inches tall, another easy clue. Then you're down to two inches thick and pressure treated wood. And it's like, well, why two? I mean, yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> question number two interior masonry veneer adhesive material. Must have a sheer strength of at least how many pounds per square inch. Now, I don't expect you to get this right. I just thought it was interesting that there's actually like a standard for it. So think about this isn't going to help you on a hint, but like interior veneer masonry normally has to be 15 pounds a square foot weight wise or else you have to do something else structurally or else you're doing a ledger, right? So it's interesting that this is the answer for how much adhesive strength it has to have. Is it A, so these are pounds per square inch. 
Is it A, 15? Is it B, 30? Is it C, 50? Or D, 100? How many pounds per square inch? A, 15. B, 30. C, 50. D, 100. B, 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 honestly, that's what I would have guessed. It's 50. It is 50. That's how strong it has to be. Granite. Granite, ladies. We talked about it this morning. Yep. All right. Number three. What is a plenum? Is it A, a tool used to plane pieces of lumber? B, a raised platform on which a building sits? C, a poured concrete slab? Or D, a space in a ceiling or floor that can house air ducts for HVAC. I would hope so. Uh, let's see. D, 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 D. You're all correct. All right. What do we got for scores? Two? Wow. A, really? Everybody just has one. All right. Here we go. Now listen very carefully, okay? So this one isn't just um, this one. This one could be could be multiple answers, okay? Architects have the duty to protect the general public. What public interest does the architect endeavor to protect? A. Freedom. B. Safety. C. Liberty. D. Health. E. Welfare. I see. Yep. Nobody's asking. Freedom. Depends on what kind of architect you are, I suppose. All right, what do we got? Everybody got BDE? Looks like we're on to, that's correct. It is not freedom or liberty. Uh, a tiebreaker, who's doing the tiebreaker? That's what I should have added. Uh, Markitect. No? Ross attack? Eat the mic. This is going to be a write down one. Really close. Yep. So I've got a special handout for it. We've got three soils types. Uh, oh my God! That's well-graded sand, plastic and organic clay, and poorly graded gravel. So rank these soils in order of the presumptive bearing capacity from highest to lowest. This is awesome. Repeat the. Yeah. So we're gonna rank these uh, from highest to lowest for presumptive bearing capacity. And for everybody, li for everybody listening, I'll just read them off. So they are SW, well-graded sand, CH, plastic inorganic clay, GP, poorly graded gravel. First answer wrong? That is correct. All right. So it's uh, poorly graded gravel, then well-graded sand, then plastic inorganic clays. Gravel, sand, clay. Smart. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Lance, take us out. If you like this episode, please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, your mom, whoever it takes. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and we'll see you next week.